Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cypher. Yes, indeed. A uh, lot to stick around for today. Um, you should be listening to this episode sometime around Christmas. And I wish that we had better gifts for you, but there's been a lot of things going on in the news that we've had to get to. And today is just our day. And so we will do just that. So stick around again. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, Ronald Green, the death of Ronald Green. He was the 49-year-old black man who died after being violently arrested over three years ago. And we never got a chance to see the footage of his arrest. And so we're going to discuss that today. Um, so prepare yourself. That's some heavy stuff. And uh, we're also going to talk about um, a video that went viral uh, about a Winston-Salem University student who was arrested after having an argument with her teacher in uh, a classroom. And what, what people are saying is that she didn't apologize to her white professor after the professor insisted. And you know, the police were weaponized and they came into the classroom and arrested the black woman who was, you know, standing up for herself or whatever the case is. So we're going to get into that as well. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, the history of Vicks Vaporub for our Way Black History Fact, um, something I didn't know myself. So we're going to spend a little time talking about Lunsford Richardson and an invention that might be in use in your household this holiday season if uh you are dealing with any sick folks um all that and so much more to stick around for on today's episode um so yeah we're really excited to uh revert to type and get back to it but first and foremost we like to start off with some ebony excellence provided the queue is on board shall we we shall so today's ebony excellence is brought to you by hip-hop weekly media and today we're going to highlight a lady named Suzanne Shank. Uh, she's the president and CEO of Siebert Williams Shank & Co. SWS, the nation's largest woman and minority-owned non-bank financial firm. And she has been inducted into the Bond Buyer Hall of Fame. According to the SWS, the Bond Buyer Hall of Fame recognizes individuals who have left an innovative legacy on the business of municipal finance and the people and places it represents. <clears throat> Quote, these individuals are standard bearers, innovators, trendsetters, people who have had an indelible impact on the industry they've dedicated their professional lives to, said Michael Scarcilli, editor-in-chief of The Bond Buyer, in a news release. There's another quote. Uh, quote, I have had the great fortune to have accomplished trailblazing partners as well as hardworking, dedicated employees who have made my journey possible. I am truly honored for this induction alongside some remarkable industry peers into the inaugural bond buyer hall of fame class shank said in a news release and i think it goes without saying that she is a black woman and as you know we love a little bit of black girl magic around here um we, we have a lot of black girl magic around here oh yeah and we will uh <laughs> divert uh our resources to highlighting black girl magic whenever we can and so this week's ebony excellence again suzanne shank uh and you know this is also something that you don't hear of a lot a lot of times we don't hear of black women um receiving accolades in the business world and so this one felt a little special and um you know far be it from us to look past that so once again shout out to suzanne, suzanne shank 
President and CEO of Siebert Williams, Shank & Co. Now, Ronald Green. Um, just so you know, today's source material comes from BINnews.com. Um, so I'll, uh, first, before we do some reading, I recognize you may not have seen all the videos that we talk about on the show. Um, we go back and forth on whether or not we should play the audio um, or how we should share it because we recognize that there is black trauma in these videos and we don't want you to be desensitized to it. And this is why we often put ourselves in the... Um, in the in the critical process you know in the middle there so that you know it, it gets to us and then we explain it to you if you haven't seen it um unlike you know the george floyd video uh this one hasn't been gl globally made famous this is kind of like one of the the normal ones which sounds awful but um this one stood out because you know, obviously, there's way more of these than we can cover on this show, but this one felt like a combination of a lot of different stories we've had to cover on the show in recent months. And as a result of that, it was particularly disturbing. It had all of the the makings of a, well, why didn't they just do this? Right. If this was a different person, you can totally see them behaving differently. The police behaving differently. If he looked different, if he was a different age, if he was, you know, whatever. Um, so just like most of the videos that we talk about, most of the videos you've seen, you know, we talk about a police shooting video. You already know the story. For those not familiar with the Ronald Green one, it plays just like a normal story. Uh, black man gets pulled over. Um he pulled out of his car. He's afraid. So that might have meant that he was not trying to pull over in the first place. You know, um, in this case, it took place in Louisiana, which, you know, Q and I have shared the story a couple of times on the show where we've got pulled over in Mississippi, just outside of Louisiana once upon a time. So we know what that's like to be in a place like that at night and being pursued by police. That is not a, no matter what you do, your life is on the line. You could pull over or you could try to flee. Either way, you are afraid. And, and this is something that we understand. And so these stories, we try to breathe life into them for folks that may not fully appreciate what's going on in that. Um, of course, uh, as you know, these stories tend to play out like this. Um, you know, they pull him out of his car, beat him up, tase him a bunch of times, arrest him. This one, he wasn't shot. But he died just the same, you know. Uh, he was uh, beat to death. I don't. I don't know yeah. that that's better. Yeah, but normally, you know, it's it. People tend to associate police shootings mm -hmm. and black people. Um, and once upon a time, it was called um, police brutality. Uh, in the early and mid '90s, surrounding you know the Rodney King case, police brutality what was highlighted. Um, we knew about police killings and police shootings, but those often didn't get filmed the way that. You know, a fight fights last, you know, a couple of minutes. If you, you know, there's four or five cops beating a dude up, you know, you can get that on video a little easier. 
but nowadays with everybody having cell phones, the most sensationalized version of that type of story is a police shooting. And so that has kind of rose to prominence. But, you know, in the in the case of George Floyd, that was not a police shooting. That was a, just police, what we would have called police brutality. And, you know, this is is very similar. So um, there's another thing here, too. And this is this is personal. This is why I, I really wanted to talk about because this one I wanted to talk about um, for this week. It's, it's weird to say it, but there's a guy who's named uh, Richard Brooks who died. He lost his life at the hands of the police. And I saw the video of his last moments um, before before we started doing Civic Cipher. And that hit me in a way that was different from George Floyd even. Because with George Floyd, you saw a, a man who was alive get the life pressed from his body. And it, it's very sad. It's it's incredibly sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, but I did not know. I, I was not able to get a sense of who he was, his temperament, his demeanor in the video that I saw. I just saw there was that he was alive and he was getting pressed into the cement with Rashard Brooks in that video. I saw him communicating with the police in brief, he had pulled over into a parking lot. It might've been Wendy's or McDonald's in, in, in uh, Atlanta, I believe. The police pull up to the car and, hey man, what are you doing? I think he might've been sleeping. I haven't seen the video in some time. Uh, he, he gets out of the car, super cooperative. You know, obviously he'd been celebrating. I think it was a b- birthday party for his kid or something. Um, and he was just hanging out there. He wasn't driving, he wasn't doing anything. And he's cooperating with the police, right? not in his right frame of mind. He's obviously visibly uh, inebriated, but not harming anybody, not hurting anybody. Just sitting there in the car. And of course, again, the police come, ask him to step out of the car, start talking to him. And the way the officers are interacting with him, you would think, I would think that, okay, this guy's not hurting anybody. He's in his car. Hey, you're going to have to give us the keys or, you're, you know, whatever have a good night, you know, get a ride home, something like that. Uh, Instead, the police say, all right, we're going to have to place you under arrest. And in his mind, I'm guessing because he's not alive to tell us his version of the story because he died in this moment that I'm describing to you. But in his mind, I'm sure that that confused him and freaked him out. Uh, It's very likely he didn't think he should be arrested. Of course not. I didn't think so. And he didn't want to go to jail. Right. That's a much bigger uh, predicament to come back from. But on top of that, it's uh, if for folks that don't know, interacting with the police is scary. There are some people, oftentimes they don't have as much melanin as someone like me, who love talking to the police. Hi, how you doing, officer? Great day. Nice weather. And there's other people who would rather just have nothing to do with the police whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, this is why my insurance on my car is up to date. My tags are right. You know what I'm saying? Like everything. Because I do not want to even have to interact with these people because of the potential for that type of thing to get away from you. Right. 
Anyway, so back to Richard Brooks, and then we'll we'll um, focus on Ronald Green. But I'm telling you why this story stood out to me. So Richard, um, just stumbling drunk, turns around and starts trying to run away. He doesn't have his footing. He's not moving very quickly. And these are police officers, so they're supposed to stay in shape, you know, that sort of thing. And rather than uh, pursue him, grab him, tackle him, you know, if they insisted on making an arrest, whatever. They shot him in the back and he died in a parking lot. And to me, that felt incredibly unfair. Again, this ready, fire, aim sort of approach that we've talked about on the show that we often associated with police behavior. So when I saw that, that moved me even more than the George Floyd video because I got a chance to see myself. This man is harmless. He's not drunk driving. He was asleep. He, ca he caught him and said, hey, man, you know, I probably should just sleep it off. The police come, stress him out, decide they're going to arrest him. He turns, he clearly can't run away. Like imagine like a child trying to run from you. You're like, okay, now I got to go get this kid. You know, they're, they don't, they don't have the, the, the form necessary. <laughs> the muscular dexterity. There you go. Thanks, Q. Uh, it just doesn't exist. And you, you know that immediately when you see him turn and run. And, you know, now this man is, is dead. And I, I have to imagine, Q doesn't like when I do this, but I think it's just a great, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great uh, thought experiment for you to have listening to us today. I have to imagine just change his skin, make him white. He could be the same age, same everything. He turns and runs. What do they do? Maybe they tase him. Maybe they run after him and do, actually do their job. Catch him, handcuff him, take him to jail. If they insist on doing that. We know, we know for certain that they don't murder him. Right. We right. know that for certain. Right. But because uh, <clears throat> a lot of people have difficulty seeing things when they go from black to white, what I like to do is often impose the theoretical philosophy behind our judicial system, which is, you know, uh, justice is blind. It is no respecter of persons. Right. And that's just not true because let's try it one more with one more layer to it. Let's make this Richard Brooks person. Let's make him a 22 year old blonde haired, blue eyed, white female. Is she, does she die? And that might be easier for you to tell yourself, no, of course she doesn't die. Police are not going to be, just go catch her and handcuff her and throw in the car. She spend the night in jail. She goes on, lives the rest of her life, pays a fine. That's it. So that's again, what told me, well, I, I already knew that there was a problem. So I guess this is what moved me in a way where I felt like, uh, there's no turning back for me. Cause at the time when George Floyd stuff happened, I was protesting. I was doing all that sort of stuff. It wasn't until the Richard Brooks thing where I was like, this, this needs to happen. There's no going back. This has to happen. And, and here we are. Now, back to Ronald Green. Let me read a little bit about his story. Let's start at the beginning. Five Louisiana officers have been charged in the case of Ronald Green, a 49-year-old black man who died by being uh, violently arrested over three years ago. Again, I want to mention that it took them that long to release the tape it was uh the associated press ap 
that actually found clips of the arrest and leaked it online. How, and that's what forced the hand of the police department. To, how did they say he died three years ago? Uh, they said that he died after crashing into a tree. So we'll get there. All right, let me keep reading. According to CBS News, officers were charged with state crimes ranging from negligent homicide to malfeasance. The charges come after video showed white state troopers beating, stunning, and dragging Green as he yelled, I'm scared, during an arrest in 2019. On May 10th of that year, troopers pursued Green after he failed to stop for a traffic violation. Um, I want to Take a moment here, if I may. Again, if you're listening and you hear that, fail to stop for a traffic violation. Or if you uh, know people in your world who would say to you, well, you know, he should have stopped when they turned the lights on. Everybody knows the rules. The police shine the lights, you pull over. Uh, I would like to remind you that there is a thing called fight or flight. It exists in any creature with a nervous system. Um, any mammal, uh, any, anything that has a brain that can move, uh, brain, brain is what you have if you need to move any, any creature with a brain only has it so they can move. Um, your fight or flight response, which is built into your nervous system is the highest function of all it supersedes every other biological function every if, if you feel that you have the capacity to reason and make sense of a situation and someone introduces a life and death element to that situation everything goes out the window and you're only focused on surviving that's it okay so if we can agree on that if you're listening to me then i'm assuming you're a human being if you if we can agree on that then we can also agree, perhaps, that black people, whether or not you feel it's valid or not, black people in mass, if we're painting with broad strokes, feel unfairly targeted and treated by the police in this country. Okay? Might not be you. You might not think it's valid. But you can acknowledge that if we're painting with broad strokes, black people overwhelmingly feel this way and have felt this way since the beginning of policing. Okay, so if we can get that far, then we examine the whys because oftentimes when black people interact with police, the outcomes are much worse. When black people interact with the criminal justice system, the outcomes are much worse overall. I'm not even quoting any statistics because I know that you know yeah, that I'm telling no, the truth. Yeah, there's no need to. Sure. So. All of this stuff is problematic. If the criminal justice system treated black people fairly, there would probably have been no reason for Rashard Brooks sleeping in his car in the parking lot when he found out that he was arrested to even turn and attempt to run away. Because he would think the same way a 22-year-old blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman would think, okay, whatever, I'm going to jail, I'll be out tomorrow. No big deal. I didn't really do anything. I didn't really do anything. Thank you. So, for those people who say he should have just pulled over, I think you're ignoring the base limbic biological functions that instinctively kick in. Now, that's not to say that some of us don't pull over or, you know, some of us don't play the game. But 
every one of us recognizes the decisions that we're making could be life and death. And how we choose to move is, again, the result of a higher function, something that it is, it is stronger than us in those moments. This is my belief. Okay. Now, if those things are true and the police get behind you and you're in Louisiana and it's night, you got some decisions to make. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when I might die on this traffic stop. Yeah. It's not as easy as just pull over. Right. Right. It could be, listen, <clears throat> I want to pull over where there's more light. We've seen that. It could be, look, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to die here tonight. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to a church. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm a little bit more safe. Or it could simply be, I'm afraid I'm going to try to flee. Because again, it's fight or flight. With that said, on May 10th of that year, troopers pursued Green after he failed to stop for a traffic violation. All right, moving on. Police initially told Green's family that he died after crashing into a tree at the end of that pursuit along a rural roadside in Monroe. An official report by the Union Parish Coroner described the motorist's death as a vehicle accident and failed to include his confrontation with police. For over two years, officials declined to release body camera footage of the incident. It wasn't until the AP unearthed the video in May 2021 that officers were seen repeatedly stunning and punching Green as he appeared to surrender and plead, I'm your brother, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'd like to add, he said, I was scared. So he's trying to get them to understand why he didn't stop immediately. Right, he did say that as I well. I was afraid. That's That might be what he said. Um, at another point in the video, a state trooper dragged Green by his ankle shackles. He was dragged on his face. So imagine he's handcuffed and and leg laying cuffed. on his belly and cuffed at the ankles. Right. The officer grabbed the cuffs around his ankles and drug him. Yeah. On his face. Um, it's after having already beat him up and tased him multiple times. Yeah. He was bleeding and uh, it was it's, it's 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 gruesome. I do not recommend it because, again, I don't want you to be come desensitized to black trauma we do our best on this show q and i to not become desensitized to black trauma um but that's what happened There's blood everywhere the officers are saying oh he gave me aids because he got blood on his hand after he <laughs> beat him bloody yeah like he just decided to bleed that day sure um, the 49-year-old black man was face down, was left face down in the dirt for over nine minutes before he eventually went limp. Um, now, uh, police officers across the country are trained that once you are handcuffed, once a person is handcuffed, you um, you can't leave them on their belly because they could suffocate under the weight of their own body, right? So you roll them to the side or you set them up. In their handcuffs, right? If you notice on the video, he tried to roll on his own side. The officer placed his foot on his backside and pushed him back onto his stomach. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're not getting up. Mm. Put his foot there, pressed him back down and held him there to make sure he stayed in that position. Once again, this is long after he's been cuffed, tased multiple times, cuffed at the ankles and the hands. He's, there's no longer a struggle. 
So what we see is bad decision-making at every step of the way, right? And at the end of it, they try to, at first they lied, said it was because he crashed into a tree and they got the coroner to lie with them. And we've done many episodes talking about how police rewrite the truth so that they don't appear as criminal as they often are in these uh, stories. And then they withheld the evidence toward that end until, what was it, May 2021? And then it How took, many years later? That was, I think it was two years after the incident. And then it took a whole another year for this to get uh, any traction. And so this is why we're talking about it today. So our job is to bring it to your attention. Our job is to help help you make sense of it and then help you to tell your stories in your world. So hopefully we've done just that.